Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back in on Out of Bounds, Six Ten Sports Radio, live and local on Saturday. Coming up after us will be the Royals and Cleveland Indians as Cody Tapp will get you started uh, with Cody, Dapp, Cody Tapp's On Deck Show. Uh, it's Players Weekend, so you get those uh, bright whites and those dim black jerseys that just don't make any sense. In fact, MLB even had to come in and say some stuff about it because it's just technically not now Players Weekend because they have a say. Um, does Spectre make you guys talk about this stuff? Holy hat. This is brutal. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, we just like to, you know, maybe talk about certain things that don't always get talked about. It's a game tonight in preseason. Maybe you want to go get some food. Maybe you want to try new foods. I appreciate the holy hat. We know where that came from uh, just a few uh, months ago on that whole debacle. So thanks for throwing that shade in our face as well. Um, appreciate it. Uh, both stadiums need to street level pricing. It's absurd how much things cost. Got to make money. You know you can make money because people are going to eat when they need to eat, and they're going to pay prices. That's just the way it is. Um, but tonight is the third preseason game of the season. We talked about this to start the show, so if you weren't in your car at 12 o'clock and you're in your car now. You're on the way to Arrowhead right now? Yeah, you th- yeah. because do gates open it too? I will double check, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same as the first week where gates open at 2 to the parking lot, gates to the stadium open at 5. That's fair. confirming. Which is great. Um, which there'll be a lot of people out there tonight, I believe. Last time they said there was announced 69,000 plus at Arrowhead to see the first preseason game tonight. Weather's going to be great. High of 79 degrees at kickoff. Uh, the weather's holding up. There's no rain as of now. It's just completely overcast, but it seems like it'll be a nice night to go see a football game. Nick Price will be there tonight. Um, Chiefs, Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo, last time he stepped foot on this field, blew his knee out, was gone the entire rest of the series or the season. When you looked at when Patrick Mahomes kind of awoke uh, the crowd last year was when he did the play where he moved around, moved around, then found Chris Conley in the corner of the end zone. It brought a lot of people out of their seats. Exactly. Um, as a fact, here's a little behind the curtain in the press box at Arrowhead. You're not supposed to show any fan like appreciation of like a play or anything like that and the entire press box people from san francisco people from kansas city people that just don't really care at all they're just beat writers um they legitimately kind of went like the whole wow like almost like the jason jason witten wow wow but tonight's interesting because tonight is always what they cliche call it as like the the look ahead, or as we got crushed earlier from the Henri text line today, uh, the dress rehearsal. Like, this is where you, again, you don't show a lot of what your playbook is. I get it. You don't play a whole bunch of guys, like, in serious roles or show a lot of what you can do. But 
What's interesting is the fact that it's still a preseason game. There's literally nothing to prove, and injuries can still happen. Uh, you never know about injuries. You don't know about them during the season. You don't know about them during the preseason. So we, the guys go play. They're not going out there worried about, about injuries and all that stuff. So. And I get that. Guys aren't, aren't worried about injuries. You should never be worried about injuries because if you do, you'll just never live up to the expectations of what you could possibly be. Just like when you're in Little League and you're getting ready to go into the batter's box, you can't go up to the batter's box thinking, what if I get hit? There's a chance you're going to get hit. I get that. But that's in a real game that matters and so most of the time. When it comes to the preseason games, week three is always the one where everybody plays a little bit more. They're always like, oh, they could play a whole half. They could do this. And again, some of it doesn't make sense because if the team number ones go out there and let's say that the Chiefs in the first drive score on three plays, they go 72 yards, score a touchdown, they look great. They go, okay, let's go out there again, but let's like mix things up a little bit. They score again. You shouldn't see the Chiefs the rest of the game. You don't need to. You know what you got in the Chiefs starting offense. And what's crazy is that I don't feel like a lot of people get upset about it. Like when the starters come out in a preseason game, that's basically when everybody on Saturday night goes, all right, what's everybody doing tonight? You going downtown to Bricks and Lee Summit? You going to Llewellyn's? You going to Harpo's in downtown Westport? You going to Kelly's? What are you doing tonight once the starters are out? No one's ever like, oh, man, I wanted to see another drive. If you do, I'm sorry, but that's just a very, very lazy thing to say because it's, it's the wrong way to look at the preseason. You don't want to look at the preseason that way. Right. The preseason should be meant for guys like Chad Henney to prove to other teams that if he possibly gets cut by the Chiefs and they keep only three quarterbacks and one of them's not Henney, that he could go be a superb backup somewhere else. Because if Chad Henney gets hurt, your season isn't derailed. If Darwin Thompson gets hurt, your season's not derailed. D'Angelo Williams gets hurt, there's a little bit of question. Patrick Mahomes, we don't need to talk about. We know what that means. Yeah. Because what's really funny to me is that when I used to play like mad religiously and I would sim through the preseason because I never wanted to play the preseason in mad neither. Yeah. I had to make sure I went back and turned all my injuries off because every time I would fast forward through the preseason, it would always be some sort of so-and-so's hurt out for eight weeks. Yeah. And the reason why I don't think that an injury in preseason can derail your entire season because there are 16 weeks. Now, the NFL is a smaller season, and week by week matters more than it does in basketball and baseball and all that type of stuff because there's only 16 weeks to do things. You may not lose a star player like Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, guys like that for an entire season. But if you lose Travis Kelsey... For four weeks, that can be devastating because your first four games are on, three of which are on the road. You will go to the Chargers, you will go to Oakland, and you will go to Detroit. And you play that third season, third week game against Baltimore at home. That ain't going to be easy. Great defense. And if you're missing missing a star player because you wanted to see how they would work in a series in the third preseason game, that's tough because if you go one and three in the first four weeks, things are going to get tough. If you go two and two, there's two games that you didn't probably think you would lose with a full roster. Nick Price, we'll go over our first four games. At L.A., you think you can win that game? Mm. We did last year with ease in the first game of the year. We probably both think they can win that game, right. one and oh. At Oakland, enough said. You probably win that game, two and oh. 
home against Baltimore with a full healthy roster, 3-0. At Detroit, full healthy roster, you're starting the year off 4-0. Teams that start off 4-0, I would say the percentage is probably in the upper 80s, 88, 87, make the playoffs. You get a little bit different when teams start off 2-2, 1-3. That's where I get concerned. Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't play your starters for the for the preseason game. I get it. I'm sorry. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. But Jacksonville. yes. But yeah. At Jacksonville. Beat the Jack. Should definitely beat Jacksonville. Very easily last year. I was it thinking should last go year. the same way, you know. You beat Jacksonville, right. you should win. You go play at Oakland, you should win. You play at home against Baltimore, you should win. You play on the road at Detroit, you should win. All these games are very, very winnable in your favor because, one, you're a preseason favorite to go to the Super Bowl and win. Two, you have a very dynamic offense. Three, are you going to be pissed if one of these guys has a high ankle sprain that's a nagging injury for the first six weeks of the year? Yeah, it's a little tough when you did it in a game that didn't mean anything. Also, I got it, text line. We're in Jacksonville. Sorry. Right. Also, just think about it in this way, too. If you do come out of the preseason healthy and you can start those first four games 4-0, you're starting ahead and you give yourself a little bit of a buffer zone between the other teams in the division. Like, look at that loss to the Chargers last year. That could have meant so much more if the Chiefs didn't start out so hot and also start out by beating the Chargers because they ended up tied for the division, or record-wise anyway, both at 12-4. and four. So you don't get that first week win against the Chargers last year. That could have been totally different last year. You could have been going on the road for the playoffs rather than playing in Arrowhead Stadium. And I agree with Andy Reid of where – I don't think the players are worried about injuries. No, they hate, they can't be. But the coaches should be. And they should maybe not be worried, but be mindful of every time that they put these guys out there because of the nature of the game, there is a chance that someone gets hurt. You don't know who it's going to be, and there's not really that many ways to protect them other than keeping them off the field after you've seen enough. And you could say that I'm being lethargic and just talking about injuries and that injuries are boring. But what I'm saying is I understand that football is fun and that everybody's eager to start. I understand that. But if you want a solution to a problem that I'm bringing up on the air, my solution is quite simple. Just hold joint practices. Yeah. Call guys and have something set up in the league where you do, I don't know, local practices. Nashville's not far from Kansas City. Go play the Titans or have the Titans come to Kansas City. Go play the Bears. You got a connection between Nagy and, and Reed. Have the Bears and Chiefs play a joint practice. Hell, go back up to River Falls and play with Minnesota and have a joint practice. And then take a week off after training camp's over, digress, have a little bit of a little bit of time where your team gets together, they get back home. Because to me, the most important part of preseason is getting back on that schedule. When you started college classes after being off for what seemed like three months for summer, the hardest part was getting back in the swing of the new schedule and getting your timing down when it came to getting up on this day, getting out of class this day, and when to piece your study times. Just like in the NFL season, these guys haven't been on an NFL-type season schedule. I get it. Injuries are going to happen no matter where they go. But if you're okay setting your starters during week 16 and 17 before the playoffs start, you should be okay not playing your starters at all in the preseason. And if you want to keep the action and the timing down because that's what matters the most, have joint practices with local teams. There's enough teams in the NFL and enough of them play close enough to each other to where you can make those flights instead of having the Chiefs fly to Wisconsin, which they're going to do next week, and play in Green Bay. And then have them fly to where they played last week, Pittsburgh, go through a rain delay. Players can get hurt in practice as well, but in practice they don't absolutely go after killing each other yeah. like they do in a game because in practice 
Yes, they're trying to show that they understand the plays, but they're also not trying to impress other teams in the NFL thinking that they might get cut. Also, one thing that I was going to add to that is you don't think these players get juiced up being in front of a home crowd and want to lay that wood on somebody and just, like, they're moving faster out there because that is part of it. And when you're playing in Arrowhead Stadium or anywhere else, you're going to bring it a little bit more, especially if you're one of those guys that might not make the roster and you're like, I'm playing in Arrowhead Stadium. You're going to try to put some huge hit on some guy, and that might get them hurt. I think there's just a lot more control. It can be a lot more controlled with the joint practice. And, hell, if we want to try to spread the game around a little bit, maybe we have, like, Chicago and Kansas City meet halfway, go play a game in Nebraska or, or practice in Nebraska or Iowa or something like that, you know? Just depends on what they do moving forward in the NFL. Hell, they've already only played a preseason game on an 80-yard football field. No they don't kickoffs. practice on an 80-yard football field and no kickoffs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, that guy, your quarterback, who plays tonight in Arrowhead against the San Francisco 49ers at 7 o'clock. He's got another mentor. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. What do you hope Patrick took away from that? Uh, well, you know, they, they can share. There are not a lot of people that walk in those shoes that you have an opportunity to talk to as an NFL quarterback, so... It gave him um, gave him an opportunity to talk to a guy that's already been through it um, and had success at it. And how you handle all those those things, those levels of uh, success that you have, it's just I think it's a help. It's also good for him to see that Brett's a guy. He's a you know he's a he's a good person and and uh, go, still has fun and uh, I mean all those things. He's a humble guy, so I think all that's good. Have they, not, have they not met before? I don't think they have. No. Okay. no. And, and how much part were you? Really? Getting them together. Well, I just I, I got the barbecue and then they came. <laughs> but did Brett want to come here? Or did you want Brett to come here? What was the genesis? Yeah, Brett Brett was uh, coming up. He, Peter King was also here, so they came up and they did a little deal and uh, um, with the three of us, and it, it was it was fun. So. Back in on Out of Bounds, Six Ten Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Nick Price, Chiefs Niners tonight at seven o'clock live at Arrowhead Stadium. Beautiful day for it. Nick Price will be there, which is. Awesome. I'm excited, man. The tailgate in week one, like we were saying, felt like a regular season game. I expect a lot of the same tonight. Well, tonight's supposed to be the closest thing to a regular season game, whether you like it or not. Text line seems to just be against us when it comes to playing in the preseason. Um, that clip was Andy Reid this week. As you all know, Brett Favre was in town. So was Peter King. And Patrick Mahomes, Brett Favre, and Peter King all sat around a round table enjoying some barbecue and conversation. That's just the surface. What's important about this to me is that Patrick Mahomes has another mentor. And it seemed like, because what, this is year three for Mahomes, right? In the NFL, on the big right. stage. It seemed like year one, it was clear. Patrick Mahomes was behind Alex Smith. Alex Smith was going to show Patrick Mahomes the ways of the road, but in the ways that Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith could do it together. Alex Smith wasn't going to tell Mahomes how to throw a deep ball or which guy to look open for, and that's not what they were going to do when it came to that. Alex Smith's way of teaching Mahomes and being mentor number one in the NFL to Patrick Mahomes was... Here's how you should study film. Here's how you should look forward to the next week. Here's what you should do to get ready mentally and physically when it comes to playing in the NFL week by week. 
Mondays should be like this. Tuesdays should be like this. I'll show you some defenses that line up this way, and you can recognize it this way. That was Alex Smith's sole job, was to get Patrick Mahomes ready for the week-by-week, daily-by-daily. That's what we would think. That was what Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith were to do when it came to 1v1 and that that type of mentor relationship. It was, again, last year that Andy Reid brought Michael Vick on to his coaching staff. And what I believe, some would say it was an internship, which that's what it was, to get Michael Vick some you know, relative looks at other coaching staffs to be like, hey, Michael Vick can do this, Michael Vick can do that. When Michael Vick was in the NFL, his speed, his powerful explosive arm, and his playmaker available skills is what made Michael Vick probably one of the most dynamic quarterbacks we've seen in the last 20 years. Michael Vick, what I would think, was also a mentor to Patrick Mahomes. And I saw a lot of that when it came to how to escape bull rushes. When they collapse the middle, use your wheels to get around. Or when they come around the outside, use your wheels to get up in the middle and try to be elusive with like what speed you got. We all know that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the type of speed that Michael Vick had. That's obvious. I would say that Patrick Mahomes probably has a stronger arm than Michael Vick, which is not obvious, but impressive. And now we have mentor number three and Brett Favre. And that's where I think Patrick Mahomes' game is most similar. And I remember listening to The Drive when they were talking about, we want Patrick Mahomes to be more like a legacy of Brett Favre than you want of Dan Marino. Dan Marino threw for a ton of yards, threw for a ton of touchdowns, has a lot of accolades and a lot of medals when it comes to the NFL. He just doesn't have one medal, and that's a Super Bowl trophy medal. He doesn't have that. Brett Favre does. Brett Favre has one, and he has two MVPs. Patrick Mahomes already has one MVP, and he's been to one AFC championship game. Since he's been on this team, he hasn't seen a non-postseason. Lost to Tennessee at home. Lost to New England at home in the AFC Championship game. Year three, Brett Favre. Brett Favre, powerful arm, nicknamed the gunslinger, was able to be elusive enough to avoid contact in his early days and then could just throw a rocket down the field. Not to mention the guy that people have been comparing Patrick Mahomes to Brett Favre since he got drafted. Right. And there's been a lot of quarterbacks in that pool that they've said he has this and that. He's got different increments of different things when it comes to different quarterbacks in the past. But if you want it as a whole and the most comparable person, Patrick Mahomes, most comparable asset is probably Brett Favre. Now, when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes will be his own style of quarterback and will be known as his type of play. Like, it won't be too much longer. In fact, It's not going to be too much longer until, in fact, they already give Kyler Murray some of it where he has, like, the Patrick Mahomes type of of plays. Favre won three MVPs. Thank you, Texan. But when it comes to Mahomes and these mentors every single year, with Andy Reid being the lead focus, and we hear in that audio clip that Mahomes and Favre had never met each other, it makes that interesting that it continues to happen that they keep giving Patrick Mahomes guys to talk to or guys to get information from that are similar to his play style. Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith were very, very bright and are continuing to be very bright upstairs. 
They both have a work mentality. Michael Vick was a playmaker that had a powerful arm that made things happen. Patrick Mahomes did a lot of that last year. And then when you look at the carelessness that has the gunslinger mentality that Patrick Mahomes has, so did Brett Favre. And maybe Brett Favre's words of wisdom were, don't be afraid to screw up on the field because the good will always outweigh the bad. Brett Favre can be like, hell, I threw a bunch of interceptions, but I made a lot of plays and I threw a lot of touchdowns and I did it trusting my skill set. Again, I don't know what happened in that conversation. When you throw Peter King in there, it's going to be some type of show, some type of video of something that had these going on. But when it comes to the importance of your quarterback who's going to be here for the next 10 to 15 years in this franchise, you hope, who's going to make a lot of money, it's good to put him around guys that have a lot of similar traits and guys that are going to move him in the direction that he needs to move in early in his career. I think a lot of people forget that Patrick Mahomes is still only 23 years old. Yes, by a certain type of age, you don't need to be giving answers from guys that did it before you. By the time you turn 27, 28, 29, you can just be your own self. You can be Patrick Mahomes, but you will always go back and tell yourself, you know, I remember when Brett Favre and I were sitting down and we were eating burn-ins, and he told me something about this type of defense that I'm able to do this. That will stick with him forever. And that's what I like about Patrick Mahomes, is that there's a lot of guys coming around from old teams or the old NFL, and they're coming into the new NFL, and they're explaining to him what can make him better with what he already has. Yes, I get it. Patrick Mahomes is his own damn self. He has his own damn skill set, and it's very damn good. But it's okay to take advice from guys that did it before you and also did it at a high level before you. Michael Vick, Alex Smith, and Brett Favre. Yes, they're all different types of quarterbacks with different sets of skills. But Alex Smith's brain and the way that he could do video and get Patrick Mahomes ready was good. The way Michael Vick could teach him how to be a different type of quarterback in and outside the pocket was good. And maybe what Brett Favre had to say to him over a bunch of barbecue with Peter King and and, uh, Andy Reid could also be good. It's his third year in the NFL. It's his second one as a starter. And tonight he plays in preseason game number three, hopefully for about two drives. But always when it comes to preseason game number three, it seems that they play for a long period of time, and it's mostly the first half. Coming up, the comparisons continue for the Chiefs and this team and what the future holds. This one from a national radio host seems a little bit of a stretch. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. When Tom leaves, it is going to open the door wide open, and we have four or five coach-quarterback combos, which, in my opinion, as long as the quarterback can stay healthy, Wentz, Luck, we have a chance to see a next dynasty here. And I think Reed and Mahomes feels like 12 years, five Super Bowls. Not saying they'll win all of them, they'll get to half of them. That's what it feels like to me. So this is Nick Price's topic here. Out of bounds, Nick Price, Dusty Likens, 610 Sports Radio, live and local. Cody Tapp, 5 o'clock, Cleveland, Royals, Players Weekend, white jerseys versus black jerseys, hideous jerseys versus also hideous jerseys. Correct a stat from the last topic, Brett Favre, three-time MVP. He won all three in a row, 95, 96, 97. Um, Damn. <laughs> 
Uh, he was a Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year in 2007, AP NFL Offensive Player of the Year in 1995, four-time NFL passing touchdown leader from 95 to 97, also in 2003, two-time NFL passing yards leader, 95 to 98, um, Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowl, three-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team All-Pro, three-time, again, most valuable player, played with the Falcons, Packers, Jets, and Vikings. I think he lets that Falcons and Jets teams uh, kind of disappear. Uh, the audio clip you heard was Colin Cowherd from this last week on The Herd with Colin Cowherd um, via Fox Sports 1. Colin Cowherd makes a point that is something that you have to talk about because it is the future. Eventually, I don't know when, I don't think anybody does, but eventually, Belichick and Brady are going to no longer have fun winning every single year, and they're going to sit down and just be done playing football and coaching football. And he says that opens the door for a lot of other coach-quarterback combinations. He brings up Wentz and Peterson. He brings up Mahomes and Reed. And he brings up Andrew Luck. And that's it. To me, yes, the sky is the limit. But Bill Belichick started doing all this when he was 49. Andy Reid is, what did we say Andy Reid is, 67? 61. 60, 61 or 62. And Colin Cowherd thinks that in the next 12 years, there's a possibility that the Chiefs go to six Super Bowls. He did say, I don't believe that they'll win all of them, but I think they could get at least half of them. Nick Price, you did some, some severe research on teams that went to six Super Bowls in 12 years. So it was five Super Bowls. Five, but, I'm sorry. But, yeah, but five Super Bowls in 12 years. I looked into this, and obviously you've got the Patriots, six appearances from 2007 basically to the present with Brady and Belichick, and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, the Cowboys do it from 1970 to 78, five appearances with uh, Roger Staubach and Tom Landry, and then you had the Broncos do it with five appearances from 1986 to 1998. With John Elway as their quarterback, with Dan Reeves, Wade Phillips, and Mike Shanahan as the coaches. There were also two other teams that were close. You had the 49ers back in uh, 1981 to 94. They won five Super Bowls in 13 years, and that was a combination of Joe Montana and Steve Young at quarterback with Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh coaching. And then the Dolphins had five appearances in 13 years as well from 71 to 84. That's Don Shula with Bob Greasy. David Woodley, and Dan Marino. So I guess the point that we're trying to make here is that it's not impossible for this to happen, but you've also got to think, if we're talking about a coach-quarterback combo, if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to go to the Super Bowl this year and then continue it for a 12-year stretch, that means that Andy Reid's going to coach until he's 73 years old. I don't know if that's going to happen, but also we're just looking at this. These are some of the greatest of all time as far as coaches and quarterbacks, and they just happen to be paired together and go on these terrific runs you think about it it's been done three times and two teams that were very close they got it in the 13th year rather than the 12th it's a lot to ask and i'm not saying that it's out of the question or anything but it's definitely going to be a tall task yeah it's definitely not out of the question and the only reason i think it is or could possibly be a stretch is because I don't know how long Andy Reid does it. And I do know that Andy Reid and Belichick are two different spirit are two different just individuals. Bill Belichick is a guy after watching the Bill and Bill uh, documentary on 30 for 30. 
Bill Belichick is a guy that just, he came up in a system under Bill Parcells of being the best and being stern and trying to get it in the best way possible and the whole Cleveland situation. Bill Belichick was on a mission after that to just basically middle finger everybody that doubted Bill Belichick on the way. He takes over for the Patriots. He gets a six-round pick in Tom Brady, who I think went 199th overall, and basically said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to continue to do this. I play in a division that is very weak. The drive the other day talked about how the AFC West could become the NFC or the AFC East. You look at the AFC East with the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots. And you think about how that division hasn't really done much. The Jets aren't good. The Dolphins aren't good. The Bills aren't good. The Patriots are absolutely phenomenal. Domination. The Chiefs have won the AFC West three years in a row. Denver is still down. Flacco's supposed to save the day with that above, well above average defense. Not going to happen. Oakland, I don't know what happened with Oakland, but somebody forgot to tell Derek Carr that he cried in the middle of a football game last year, and now Derek Carr just acts like it never existed. And then the Chargers are on basically the last year. I don't know how much longer Phillip Rivers can do it with that three-quarter arm release. I'm not sure Keenan Allen can stay healthy for another full year. I mean, he got hurt last year towards the end. Melvin Gordon is still nowhere to be found. So I don't know where the Chargers land in the longevity. There's no backup plan for when Phillip Rivers does leave either. It's and not Bill, like they have a guy in waiting. Right. And Bill Belichick is 67, right? He's a little bit older than Andy Reid. But he got started way earlier than Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a guy whose career narrative is has been placed on the fact and sole matter of he needs to win. He's got everything he has now to win. And where Colin Coward takes off on this is the fact that once he can get one and everybody else, meaning Belichick, is out of the way, it should be Andy Reid's for the rest moving forward. And like Brandon Kylie talked on the lead-off before this show, AFC teams other than the Chiefs seem to have problems. You look at the Cleveland Browns. They just got their team together. They're going to throw in a dynamic running back halfway throughout the season. Baker Mayfield consistently gets scrutiny nationwide. Patrick Mahomes doesn't. The Chiefs don't. There's not a lot of scrutiny on the Chiefs. There's not a lot of, well, they'll be better if this wasn't this way. None of that is there. You've also seen it for the Chiefs actually pay off on the field. We haven't seen anything for this Browns team on the field yet. And the way that it clicked for the Chiefs in year one made you think, okay, Enough of these guys are young. They're under 30. This team can continue to excel. The sky's the limit. My biggest thing, why I don't think it'll be 12 years of a run, is because I don't think Andy Reid will do it that long as a head coach. I think that Andy Reid will try his best, obviously, to get at least three Super Bowls. I think that is reasonable to get to at least three in the next six to seven years under Patrick Mahomes. That would put Andy Reid at about 69 to 70 years old by the time he hangs it up. I'm not a doctor. I don't know Andy Reid's health. I don't know where he goes at moving forward in his life. But I think that it is reasonable to think that if you can continue to keep this offense together, continue to draft in the way that you need to draft. I mean, they got McCole Hardman. And the fact that you have the reigning defending MVP at quarterback who's showing 
no signs of slowing down. You're going to get other veterans that are at the end of their rope that are going to be like, you know what? I want to get a ring with this guy. I think this guy can get a ring. I'll go play on the cheap just to get one year, one contract to go try to win a Super Bowl. You look what Shaq did in the NBA. He had rings with Kobe, but he went and got one with Dwayne Wade, and he wanted to go get one with, with LeBron James. Guys will do that. Andy Reid, he just wants that first ring, and he wants to have that trophy. Once that happens, you'll get a clearer picture of where he plans on going after that. Is it just strictly front office? Is it still head coaching? Look, the guys from one of the guys that's on the, on the, uh, on the players' tree and coaching tree and that, and Bill Walsh. He's from that He's from that area. Andy Reid draws up offensive plays on dinner napkins just like Walsh did. That's what he does. He loves this game. He loves it more than anything. He gets to the stadium at like 5 o'clock in the morning on game days. We know that because he said it. Andy Reid loves football, and right now he really loves it because he hasn't been able to get what he really truly wants, and that is the Super Bowl championship. How many he wants, I don't know. That's not for me to decide. That's not for me to think about. I can tell you this, I think he'd be happy with two. I think he'd be thrilled with three. But I think he wants to get one first. And once he can get one, I think then he'll have the event, eventual blueprint of what it actually takes to do it and win it. He's been to one. He's been to a couple championship games. Hell, he went to four straight in Philly, and he went to one last year with the Chiefs. All he's got to do is win. But after he does one, I don't know what he wants after that. I don't know if the desire and the hunger is there or that attitude is there like it is with Belichick. I feel like Belichick could do this until he was 90 if he wanted to because he just has that desire and that demeanor to just rip your throat out like Dalton from Roadhouse and just continue to win. Whereas Andy Reid's probably like, yeah, you know what? I got two bowls. I got a quarterback that I grew up with. I became the quarterback guru and whisper. I'm good with that. I'll move on with that. So I don't know if 12 years is the extension. But I'll tell you this. Andy Reid needs to get one sooner than later. We got to do the two-minute warning, and we've got a video that we found on the Popeye's chicken sandwich that absolutely is hilarious. We do all that, we wrap it up, and we get out of here after this. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Wrapping up the show today on Out of Bounds, 610 Sports Radio, live and local. Got to get out of here in a little less than 10 minutes. Thank you to everyone listening. Thanks to everybody that was engaged on the Protein House. Eat with a Purpose text line 69306. A little more honorary today than most. But speaking of honorary, there was quite the storm in the fast food restaurant industry this week as Popeye's delivered a new chicken sandwich. That's not what made me laugh the most about the entire situation. It was this young man's response to his wife about how good the sandwich was. I was crying. <laughs> and the tears from my, my, my sweat and my tears taste like chicken. They got a pickle on that, on that uh, 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 chicken sandwich. They got a pickle. Listen to me. They got a pickle on the chicken sandwich that tastes like chicken. <laughs> the pickle tastes like chicken. You hear me? 
They got they, it's a butter, buttermilk bread. It's hard not to eat. It's a it's a it's buttermilk bread. And the bread is so soft that it just melts in your mouth. And I got the spicy chicken sister ready. That guy's world That guy's world literally was changed <laughs> in one trying of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. If you haven't seen this video yet, go look it up on Twitter or wherever because it's hilarious. Like, the wife is totally just trying to get her chores done, do the, do the laundry and everything, and he is following her all around the house because he is so excited to tell her about his Popeye's chicken sandwich experience. Yeah, it looks like they're getting ready for bed or they're... It seems like the day is becoming to an end, and it seems that this young man has tried the chicken sandwich, and he's trying to explain to his wife who is, like Nick Price said, clearly not engaged in the conversation. Yeah, she's like, I hear you. She's like, I hear you on the thing. The pickle's great. And it's at the like very chicken. end, it's hilarious because he gets on the bed on his knees and he even digresses into like a, a state of just shock. And then he just dives into how great the bread is. One more time. I was crying. <laughs> and the tears from my, my, my sweat. And my tears taste like chicken. They got a pickle on that on that uh, 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 chicken sandwich. They got a pickle. Listen to me. They got a pickle on the chicken sandwich that tastes like chicken. <laughs> the pickle tastes like chicken. You hear me? They got it's a butter buttermilk bread. It's hard not to eat. It's a it's a it's buttermilk bread. And the bread's so soft that it just melts in your mouth. The bread's so soft it'll just melt in your mouth. Unfortunately, Nick Price, I have not had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I haven't either, and partially because I'm turned away because I see all over the place, and everybody that I talk to says that they go to Popeye's and it's either sold out or the line is just down the block. I actually saw a video. People are losing their minds so much. I saw another video on Twitter the other day of this guy and they tell him that the Popeye's chicken sandwich is sold out and he jumps through the drive through window and a brawl breaks out. How well, do you rank the top chicken sandwiches? I mean, I haven't tried the Popeye's one. You can't rank it. Right, but Chick-fil-A is king. Okay. I would say my top three, and I mean this, number one, Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Mm. Number two, Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. And then number three, if they still had it, I was in college. I was I was on a different level than I am now, but McDonald's had a spicy McChicken. They don't still have it, by and the they way, don't have I tried it any, to get it last night. And they don't have it anymore, but it was pretty damn good. Yeah. And those would be my top three spicy chicken sandwiches. I love spicy chicken sandwiches. In fact, I am a sucker for, like, the Nashville hot chicken sandwich or the or – the, the spicy chicken, buffalo chicken, whatever you want to call it. Right. Big time sucker for it. But I have a little bit of a theory when it comes to Popeyes, and I think that they did this very, very well. I feel that maybe they had an idea that this might take off. And they also had an idea that maybe it wouldn't. So what do you do? Supply and demand. Let's only have so many chicken sandwiches per store so that if it doesn't do well, we're not heartbroken by if it doesn't do well, we have to throw some stuff away because it's it's exceeded expiration date. Or on the other side, let's advertise the hell out of this, get a bunch of people going after it, and then 
if we sell out, oh my God, we're like a human being that ran out of breadcrumbs in the middle of Times Square and the pigeons are going crazy. Because then guess what? We'll have it tomorrow, but we don't know how much. Guess what? People will come to your door. There's a Popeye's out here off Johnson Drive. It's impossible to get to because right now the road construction is absurd. But I went there and I have a picture on my phone because Carrington had tried it and he was going to do a video on it. And I said, I hope you're not letting me down, man, on this spicy chicken sandwich. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, all right, I'm going to go check it out. I went and try, I went to the drive-thru. It's taped right on the drive-thru window. Sorry, we sold out unexpectedly quicker than we thought. Please come back and try again. Which is okay, because I can default to the spicy chicken tenders right. at Popeye's. Popeye's is, to me, the best place to get fast food fried chicken. But I did have a theory that I think that Popeye's did this perfectly. Because we all know, and now the text line starts to ring in, Burger King's Tender Crisp is amazing. Hardee's has a good chicken sandwich, but Wendy's Spicy Chicken is the best from Goatman. He agrees with me. I think it's a perfectly played situation by Popeye's. They've never done a chicken sandwich before, but they always have done chicken. If you don't sell a lot, you have to pitch it. You didn't waste a lot of money. If you sell a lot and you make a ton of pub off of it, now you've got people continuously coming back to get you into the situation of, I need that chicken sandwich. And it just reminds me a lot of, to take a local atmosphere, you remember when Boulevard did chocolate ale? Mm -hmm. There was only so many they released. They didn't know how the product was going to do. It was a booming product. And everybody on the block had it, and everybody put on Facebook, look what I've got. Everybody put on social media, look what I've got. Popeyes does it. And guess what? Only so many people got it, and now only their word's out. Eventually, everyone will try it, and it will no longer be as relevant as it is, but eventually, everybody's going to try it. Another really funny thing that I saw, too, because they've just been dominating social media with this chicken sandwich is the Popeyes worker who's, like, all hunched over outside. She's just exhausted. Yeah. They put it next to the Jordan flu game picture. Classic. And then I think, didn't they have, like, an NFL athlete go in there and try to order one? And they're like, oh, we're sold out. Or he got to the counter. I forget which NFL athlete it was. But he showed up to Popeye's and tried. And they were the sold out as well. Morning. Even rich, famous people can't get it. What the heck? Let's go. What the heck? Let's go. Um, only thing we missed today on Out of Bounds was our normal intro of the Clippers president. Let's go. I'm excited to be here. Pretty damn cool. We missed it. We got to keep doing our show, starting off that way. But tonight, Kansas City sports fans, football is an arrowhead. It's the preseason game number three. It's the one that you look most forward to. It's the one I look least most forward to. Guys are out there longer. The risk for injury is a little bit higher in a game that doesn't make sense. I'm okay if you get hurt in the regular season or the playoffs because at least you're playing for something. You're not playing for anything tonight if you're Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry. That's my take. I've talked about it too much. I'm ending there. Peter Schrager, I'm glad you like the Chiefs. Glad you like Patrick Mahomes. Let's tone it down. Don't make us stale before we're fresh, if that makes any type of sense. Yeah. Also, Kansas City Royals, Players Weekend. Good God. Disaster. This, this year was a disaster. Yeah. The bats are cool. The names are cool. The jerseys suck. See Kevin McCarthy wearing some uh, New York Jets cleats? That's cool. Yeah. I think my favorite were the Doug cleats and the Hey Arnold cleats. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, those were pretty awesome. I liked those a lot. Um, Natty Light's got a new seltzer out. Yeah, so, right? uh, so the seltzer Aloha game. Aloha Beaches, 
That's one of them? Aloha Beaches and the Catalina Lime Mixer. You going to have any of those tonight, Nick Price, in the uh, game? I'll probably check out some of those. I might. Uh, I have can't... they started selling them yet? So I think they have been selling the Natty Light. They have not been selling the Four Loco Seltzer yet. The Four Loco Seltzer is just kind of a tester that they put out there on the internet. It's supposed to be like 14%. They terrible. just said, hey, we got to get into the seltzer game. And I guess it was just a test to see, like, will people actually buy this? And overwhelmingly, people were like, yeah, this is dangerous. It yeah. might kill me, but I'll probably get it if it comes out. I drank a Four Loco in college. I don't remember the entire night. That's a true story. Another true story is that we got to get out of here because uh, time uh, is undefeated. Thank you to everyone who listened. We were back. We only went away for a little bit of time. Um, next weekend is Labor Day weekend. I'm going to let you know right now. We're not going to be here. Nope. I apologize. Football is tonight in Kansas City. Chiefs, Niners, Garoppolo, Mahomes, George Kittle versus Travis Kelsey. One and two in the league in tight ends. Nick Price, he's going to be at Arrowhead. He's got a really tight end, especially when he wears Wrangler jeans and drinks the claw. Shout out to everybody there. We're out of here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.